Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to Clue Done It, the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes. Without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy. All right, let's find out. Who was right. Who was wrong. And who is dead. So, Jessica, before we start, I learned a very important thing this week. Oh, did you? I did. So... As you know, I listen to all my podcasts at 1.5 speed. Yes, you do. (laughs) At chipmunk speed. It's not really chipmunk speed, but it's to me when I get in your car, I'm like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) It's not two times is truly chipmunk speed because even that at two times, I lose my place. But 1.5 times, I like it. I dig it. This has had a very unforeseen consequence for me is that I... uh, I had forgotten that people don't actually speak at 1.5 speed. (laughs) Human beings? Human beings. Human beings. (laughs) Not just podcasters? Not just podcasters. Human (laughs) beings don't actually talk at 1.5 speed. So, like, every time we've been doing this podcast, I've just been like, okay, yeah, let's keep it zippy and quick and fun. It's because all my favorite podcasts talk this fast, so I got to talk this fast. I was listening to some fiction podcasts this week, and I was like, oh, I want to listen to these fiction podcasts, and I don't need these to be super sped up. I, let's just listen to these at normal speed so I mm-hmm. can hear the artistic sounds that these people mm-hmm. are making at the regular speed. And then it rolled over into a regular podcast that I normally listen to, and I was like, wait a minute. What? This is too slow. These people are talking too <laughs> slow. Jason Manzukis, Jason Manzukis talks faster than this. He doesn't talk this slow. No. Jason Manzukis, you know what? He's the funniest person on earth, but he still talks like a person. <laughs> like a human like being. Like a human being. So I am going to uh, do my best today to not sound as if I am some sort of like meth addled uh, or co- <laughs> co- some cocaine comedian from the 80s. I'm going to take it back a little bit, you know, and just be like, okay, oh, yeah, here we go. We're going to talk at normal speed. So <sighs> big revelations today big. on Clue Done It <laughs> podcast. Yes. Uh, and Yes. And we're going to the country today, too, so it makes perfect sense. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, we are going to Northumberland. Ooh. I think that's how you pronounce it. It I don't is how think we pronounce it. Yeah, that's how we're <laughs> going to pronounce it today. If there's like a, a way where you sort of like, what's that called? A liaison, like in French, you know, when you pull it all together or in English. Oh, now you've totally lost me on that, but sure, yeah. That sounded very nice. Oh, well, I, I, I just know that in English, like the word, it looks like on the page, mm-hmm. Southwark with a W, W-A-R-K, oh, right. but you pronounce it Suffolk. And that this was like when I was at <laughs> Shakespeare's Globe, this was <laughs> one of those things that they pounded into us. We are in Suffolk. We're like, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I have a little bit of anxiety about pronouncing words that are in England, about, you know, cities right. or counties or whatever. Locations is the word <laughs> I'm looking for <laughs> in England because I'm like, is, are they doing some, you know, is there some weird mispronunciation? Like Shire. We had that right. discussion last yes. time. Shire, sure. Which is it? Yeah. So, um, yes, we are in, as we think. Northumberland, mm-hmm. and or sometimes they say Northumbria, right? As I guess I maybe that's a, a sort of an old way of saying. It. I I did some research on Northumberland because I thought it was interesting, and I was like, "Where is this?" Because it's kind of a big deal for this show because we are doing Fira. Fira. Yeah, we didn't say that. 
to start with. But yes. I am sure all of our mystery fans knew as soon as we said Northumberland, like, oh, yeah, they're doing Vera this week. Sweet. Yeah. Also, you know, it's going to be in the title of the podcast. So they had a hint. Yeah. So Vera is played by Brenda Blevin, if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. <laughs> anyway, th- she listened to a lot of this one actress in mm-hmm. order to get the accent just right. So, yeah, she's doing a Northumbrian accent, if that's how you say it. And we're very ex- I'm very excited to do to do the show in our little spreadsheet. I yeah. had three exclamation points. I was like, Vera, we're finally doing Vera because she looks like a badass. Um, which one are we doing? We are doing season seven, episode three. And this one is called Broken Promise. Singular. Okay. So just to give you some background on Vera itself. The show. Sure. The show logline is with her caustic wit and singular charm, <laughs> DCI Vera Stanhope leads her team as they face a series of captivating murder mysteries set against the breathtaking Northumberland landscape. The charm part. Let's go back to this yeah. charm part because I, as a character, she is. Amazing. She's a yeah. great character. But, like, they say she's charming. But is she? Is she? Like, yeah. They, they've now gone through two DSs with her, at least. And, uh, yeah, we don't. <laughs> and both of them are so tra- Both of them, for whatever reason, think that she would be good with kids. And she, like, it's like, is this a running joke? Because, yeah, but they it's got to be. They're deeply earnest about the fact that, no, you'd make a good mo- godmother. You should come over and see our kids. It's like, guys. Guys, she is not interested in kids. This is, <laughs> she like, is like you have your you yeah. have your choice of reaction. When you ask her about kids, you have your choice of reaction. Silence, that's one reaction. <laughs> Two, she will order you to do something else. Yeah. Three, she will just drink some whiskey. Like yes. that's it. That's what happens when you talk to her about kids. So Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she does. It's interesting as a a woman. She takes on when she talks to other women. You know, she she is empathetic. She's very sick, empathetic and, and very protective and very protective yeah. and like, oh, you need to. But she takes on like a higher tone of voice when she's talking to women. Hundred percent. And it, that just, I I don't know. I, I think that's a thing that women do too. Probably. Well, she linguistically. Co- she code switches all yes, the time. Yes, code switching. She does. She code switches all the time, depending on whether she's talking to, like, whether she's talking to a victim, whether she's yeah. talking to a criminal. Like to watch her turn on a dime between like interviewing a victim and then going yes. up and standing up to some truly horrific, evil people, yeah. where you're just like, good going, girl. Like, yeah. boss it. Yes. And then to see her like go into the go into her room of other detectives and people that she manages and just kind of like like she doesn't bully them around she's not a bully but she's definitely like a taskmaster to them she's yeah. like you why aren't you working on this why aren't you working? and she like she'll give them some sass yeah like oh look this one finally woke up like she'll so so yeah so to watch her move between each of those things is fascinating and this and i think this is what they mean like but like this is one of the reasons i think she's such a fascinating character is because she does and she sits solidly in each of those places like you don't feel like one of those is a put on like no she's here now this is who she is so yeah i dig that so as you may have noticed this is a crime drama mystery very heavy on the crime like this is not like they say it's cozy because things get wrapped up in every episode but it is like this is much more one of those. Okay, we have to talk about this too. This 
this is definitely a grittier than yes. uh, than other crime shows. Like definitely yeah. grittier it's than Lucy Lawless. It's more along the lines of like Prime Suspect. Yeah, yeah. Prime Suspect, Silent Witness. Like, yeah. 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 What the other thing about this is, and I don't know if like, I don't know if like living in America has made us like weak when it comes to like crime and murder. <laughs> this is what I was literally reading an article this week where the serial killer, there are like there are many, many fewer serial killers in America today than there were in the 60s or 70s. Oh. So they're just I hate to say they're disappearing because we yes, that'd be fine if they disappeared. Yeah, please. But what they're saying is like, no, they're just they're not as many because people today, if they want to do a lot of killing, they just go buy some guns and go become a mass murderer. Like it's not so much the serial oh. killer happening. Oh. So Vera, they have some of the most baroque killings I have seen on television. Out, on television and outside of Agatha. Like just bizarre things happening. Like in the very first pilot, spoilers because we spoil everything, in the pilot of all this, like people are strangled with birding nets. And not only are they strangled with birding nets, the climax of it all is this weird like pulley system that the killer wraps the bird net around his victim and then around himself and then he jumps off the side of a castle. So they have to choose. Do we like, how do we, we can't save them both. So we're going to like, he's going to die before we can arrest. It's just like, this is some Baroque stuff. All of which makes me think like, come on, Americans, like up your game. Up oh, your, I don't, gosh. I don't know that we need more serial killers. Again, I don't know no. that we need more serial killers, but I really think we need some more creative deaths. Or let's, just some more gothic TV show, like maybe, what? maybe that, maybe that's just what it is. Because, because let's be honest, CSI does some really creative stuff around yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's just we just need a little bit more gothic. We just need a little bit more like seeped in the completely ornate, yeah. but also deeply disturbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're watching on BritBox. Oh, I wanted to say too. So this show we mentioned it has thirteen seasons. It started in August of two thousand eleven. Mm-hmm. This episode that we're watching came from a, or it aired April second, two thousand seventeen. So this is pre-pandemic, which is also interesting. <laughs> Sometimes when we watch shows and we're like, wait a minute, is this during the pandemic yeah. <laughs> or after? Is this yeah. Just because there are so few people or they seem far apart. Are and... they, do they not have a lot of extras because they're trying to save money or because they're trying to not get COVID? Yeah. Is everything outdoors because of COVID or just because just it's because pretty? Just because it's pretty in Northumberland. <laughs> and it is. My goodness. This is Yeah, this is yeah. Pretty. The beaches. and the... That is one thing I do wish Americans did more with their TV shows mm-hmm. is like they like to really set them somewhere and get a different vibe of what that actually is like we you get like you get new york you get vegas not really vegas you get california you get california and new york but because like even like the miami ones are shot someplace else and even the american ones are shot in vancouver there's very much less a sense of place and that's really evident here yeah yeah this is for sure very evident and i will say too so this show the the it's from a novel novel mm-hmm. writer there's a, a series of novels that they with the character Vera Stanhope and written by Anne Cleves and she is so she's actually written a number of different novels mystery novels crime drama and three of them have been turned into tv shows vera wow then shetland which is based on the jimmy perez books series that Mm -hmm. she has and then another show called the long call 
which is only currently four episodes. And that anyway, so she has three series that have been adapted for television. But this one, it's interesting. So she met her husband and he was a birder. And he moved her like right away. They got married and they moved out to this island in Northumberland where he was uh, some he was doing some sort of like war ornithology thing he had some sort of ornithology job and she is not a bird person but they had to live on this island yeah and so he has passed and unfortunately i I don't know when exactly if he you know lived to see the show or or you know read her her novels i think so though because she started because she had nothing to do on this island they apparently they didn't really even have electricity or very sure. little electricity or and the thing about these islands in Northumberland too because it seems like there are a couple of them there's a special word for the type of island that they are which refers to the fact that you can't get off the island until there's a low tide and then you can walk actually from the island back to the mainland yeah, there's some it's wow. like tidal island, yeah. I think it's what it's called. Anyway, so the, she was on a tidal island. They were like couldn't even get groceries. Like this was not yeah. like they were just living basically alone. And so she started writing novels. And so hence the pilot with All the birding the yeah. and the murder and the and the, and the cheating wife. <laughs> I know. That's what I was just like. I wonder. And she is not kind to the main birder and that like the, the one of them who the killer is obviously a birder. But the, one of them, the main fellow of that group, he she paints as this like failure of a middle aged man who like had bright promise in his early career. Yeah. And it's now just <laughs> nothing. And his wife is cheating on him. And it's just oh, it's like wow, okay. And he has three other bird friends, and that he's a professor. Him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he Not was flattering. her husband was an academic too, but I don't know. She was write what you know. Yeah, I guess she had two children with him. She was married. She's a widower or a widow. I don't. know. We'd have to be gendered with that word, whatever. Anyway, so. So yeah, so this is very this this landscape is very well known to her because of having lived there. But there are episodes that are very city mm-hmm. oriented. So it, it, again, it stars DCI Vera Stanhope, starring played by Brenda Blethyn, who is a multi multiple times nominated Academy Award. Academy Award? Yeah, she's been nominated for Secrets and Lies, and then I think again for A Little Voice. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, she's. I'm remembering she's, her in Secrets and Lies now. Yeah, yeah, she's nominated. Not a, mm-hmm. a always a bridesmaid, as they put in her Aww. in her bio. Amazing actress. She was also in the Kira Knightley Pride and Prejudice. She got her start in movies. She's of course a theater actress as well, of as they all are. And she, but she got her kind of like big start in movies in The Witches, opposite Angelica Houston and a couple other people. She was also in A River Runs Through It. So she's done a lot wow, of film and t- television, deep, and a lot of people credits, are, yeah. are big fans of hers. So yeah, when she came to TV, everyone was like, yes! This DS, Aiden Healy, as you mentioned at the top, is at least the second DS mm-hmm. that Vera has. 
and he is played by Kenny Doughty. And Doughty or D O maybe it's Doughty D O U G H T Y is actually a very I think he might be from he's got to be from this area maybe because this is a very common name Doughty mm, okay sometimes it's a first name of people sometimes it's their last name sometimes it's an area anyway he's a an actor director actually he was in Snowpiercer the movie he was in Elizabeth with Kate Blanchett. He, and I thought this was interesting. He, because I'm pretty sure he is from the UK, an American benefactor paid his way through drama school and he went to, to the Guildhall School oh, wow. of Music and Drama. Yeah. Then there's John Morrison, who plays DC Kenny Lockhart, who is the older guy in she's always the room. She's always fun of a little yeah, bit. Yeah, giving a rib to him. And he, has you know closed a lot of cases before she came into the mm-hmm. picture, and so that come you know it comes up like oh this is connected to this old case oh, that was closed yeah, or okay. a cold case or whatever, and so he has this sort of institutional right. man he, knowledge, institutional <laughs> man knowledge. <laughs> well, having been yes, you know, know around you yes, um, he knows the lay of the land. He's embedded yeah. in the community, and he knows. The criminals, mm-hmm. the past criminals. Oh, this guy's a baddie, and I, I mean the other, the other sergeants, and they can look stuff up. But he has like deep personal knowledge of these people, got it, history of them. Um, so he has been acting since the seventies. He was on the original Vandevalk. Oh, okay, right, interesting. Then there's DC Haikam Charadi, who is played by Nuf. Usalam or Nuf McEwen and he is he's an interesting actor really good looking too he is has a (laughs) this is a this is a really good looking men season (laughs) on Vera not to say that the past men were not but this is a definitely like an eye candy season like across the board (laughs) does it surprise you to know that Jessica does our scheduling (laughs) I, this just happened. It just happened this way, Jacob. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. So he's a he has a recurring role on Andor. He was in five of seven episodes of that. He was on a show called Love Lies and Records, which a couple of people from the show are also on. And then I love the coroner in the show. We love a good coroner. Yeah, it's Dr. Anthony Carmichael, played by Christopher Calcahoon. He has done a lot. Of murder mysteries. He's done Silent Witness. He's done Holby City, Casualty Doctors, The Bill, Coronation Street, Midsummer Murders. He plays a lot of doctors. He was also a doctor on Fleabag. He comes to her door in the first season and it's it's like a booty call and she is standing at the door in, in her, her in jacket her yeah. with like nothing and, and she goes on a couple of dates with him. And he's also in The Sandman. He went to RADA. Anyway, he's great. And then then there's also DC Mark <gasps> Edwards, played by Riley Jones. And he only has a few credits, but of course they include EastEnders. Um, there we go. There's our EastEnders yes. on this episode. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we can we will we will top it off with the EastEnders. Well, wait a minute. I want to say before we get into this, I am super excited about the director for this oh, episode. Yes, please. The director is Lee Haven Jones. He was born in South Wales, and he has done a lot of work with Welsh names in it, including a horror film, as best I can 
find mm-hmm. called The Feast. It has a, a Welsh name. He's also worked on a ton of other murder mystery, The Long Call, The Bay. He's also done Doctor Who. He has tons of awards, but it seems like a lot of it is for sort of horror fantasy. And so I'm really wondering how that is going to play into this. Like if they're going to go like super like gothic. Super gothic Baroque again. Yes, yes. So I'm I'm really excited to see this episode after having read about him and like to see where he's going to take this. It's been a minute since we've had to worry if like a werewolf or a vampire could be one of our... uh, one of our right, vi- oh yes, perpetrators. So yeah, yeah maybe yeah. it's uh, maybe it's time to bring back some uh, yeah some monster guessing. And the writer of the episode also has a ton of murder mystery in his background. He is actually the creator of McDonald and Dodds, and his name is Robert Murphy. He's also the creator of a show called Murder City. He's written obviously for Vera, Inspector George Gently, Shetland, DCI Banks, Rebus, which is an, another murder mystery show takes another place mis- in Edinburgh. Yep. We need to do that some season. But yeah, so there this is a tight group here in this episode. We we're getting a we're lot getting the A-game of here. A-game murder mystery. Love it. All right. Well, we'll bring our A-game to the guesses in just a minute. See you soon. Jessica. Yes. How long did it take you to pay off your student loans? Oh, I yeah. <laughs> How about you? Decades, yeah. right? Like it yeah. was it was a long time. I remember writing those checks every month for a very long time. And then automatic deduction and then just love of like they don't give you your diploma when you're on stage walking to, because like no they've got to make sure that your final check clears and that your finals come back and all that blah 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 yeah. i feel like they maybe shouldn't give you your diploma until after like they should, or they should give you a second diploma they should give you a second diploma when you oh. clear all your student debt <laughs> oh <laughs> congratulations you have passed all of your tests and you have paid all your debt here is a second degree yeah just for you congratulations yeah, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice, right? Thank you. Anyways, yes, this show starts with somebody making an epic rant about student debt. Yeah, yeah. Well, he says it's an epic rant. It's actually just a nice... Uh... It's a rant. It's maybe just a standard rant. Yeah, okay, okay. He's 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 got a vlog. He's he's in a very dim room. Uh, he's got just a hutch. A, I love a his hutch, wor- yes. his dorm room being a hutch. I loved that. Financed by the bank of dad. Yeah. But he is going on a rant about how colleges used to be places of learning, and now they are just places where they suck all the money out of students. That students are commodities, and that this is horrible and can't continue. Yeah. And and he says it's not just the fees; it's everything else. Yes. It's everything else. That's a good point. It's oh, not just the fees. It's uh, yeah, everything I else. Kind so, of tuned out what he said after that. He didn't but... say a whole lot. He just said that it's not just the fees. It's everything else. That's good. Yeah. That might that might come in handy mm. when it comes to guessing here because it's You're not right. just about the debt. Yeah. Um, or rather, it's not just about the college with the debt. So while he's giving this like vlogging YouTube, TikTok, whatever, it's this is definitely not TikTok because this is not to his phone. This is to his computer. Yeah. Anyways, as he's giving this, this is intercut with him wearing a different shirt and a different outfit. He's on a bus. He's taking a bus to what looks like campus. Yeah. And it's not just a city bus. Like, this looks like a vacation bus. Like, you know what oh. I mean? Like, it's, it's... You thought? I thought so. It oh. didn't... Yeah. Anyways. Um, and he gets off and he gets to this... He gets to campus. He gets to this old building. 
kicks in a door, starts walking through this building. And I thought it was a church at first. Like it was mm. old enough. It looked like a church, but apparently it was not. Apparently it was some, there There were signs in the window that were, so the windows were blocked up because this is a disused structure. There's lots of yeah. warning signs. Don't come in. Unsteady structure. And it's Tyneford. Tyneford Estates. Yeah, I I know that that was what the was in the signs, but some some thing that I read a logline suggested. Oh, you're pre-cheating. Yeah, <laughs> uh, suggested that this was an old faculty building, a disused faculty building. That makes sense. That makes sense. It was okay. so yes. So so he's talking about debt and commodity. He also wears he's wearing red socks for whatever reason. Yeah, the red and he's socks. wearing this shirt. He has a t-shirt and another shirt, and then he has a nice. Or, you know, like mm-hmm. a member's only blazer, yeah. jacket, blazer over that with jeans, right? And he has red socks on. But his T-shirt that he's wearing has a green sort of water color stripe and a red color stripe that's like right over his. Right underneath his collar. Right under, yeah, his underneath the collar. Good, good word. And so when he is shot at that less than three-quarter kind of headshot as he's looking around mm-hmm. inside this old building – it looks like he's bleeding from his like his heart or his chest mm. up. He is not yet. Well, that we know about. He I mean he might be. Oh, that's true. He might, I mean, there might be some wounds on there because like, he does gonna... look like he's kind of stumbling as he's walking towards the building before he puts a mm. foot through it. He he has sort of a glazed look on his face. I didn't see that, but I'll take your word for it. Sure. Yeah. But so and so he climbs to the top of this building and like goes to this window on the very tippy top floor. Many floors up from like a deadly height at the very least and, and a mansard stands, roof a mansard roof yes <laughs> vampire weekend thank you um well done and as he's standing in that window it looks as if there we cut to this like cocktail party that's happening and there's this woman strawberry blonde redhead woman looking up out of this window and she sees something it is unclear if she sees him but she doesn't say anything she doesn't scream yeah. she doesn't alert anybody but she looks really nervous she looks really nervous and she like rushes out of the party she does take her phone out yes, as she she's makes, looking out the window she makes a call she makes a call and she's talking to somebody you don't hear what she says because his his rant is the voiceover for all of this and then the mm-hmm. you cut to an older gentleman jessica thought it might be campus security i thought he was just a dean or some other bureaucrat or something i thought it might even be his dad yeah is a man in a black dad. jacket white shirt with a lanyard and so it, it's, to me it looked like the security person i thought it was just somebody who was at that party or i didn't think it was oh a security yeah guard, but be, i thought sure. i thought it was like a dean or some other mucky muck at the school mm-hmm. in any event and then you see him falling and at this point i have to ask like and his rant is all about how he he's he's cutting out of all this. He's he's this he's machine he's of checking debt. out of this machine of debt. And yeah, enough. It's and done. He it's says time for him to make a big statement. He has cleaned up statement. his room, which or he tidied up, which mm-hmm. you mentioned is sometimes a thing that suicidal people will do. Right, they'll clean up. up and give away things. Yeah, yeah. So, so. It looks like a suicide, but it can't just be a suicide, right? I mean, otherwise, why Why is this a why? fear episode? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, well, th- I mean, the other thing that I noticed was that mm-hmm. he is falling backwards. 
Yes. He is not falling forwards towards the ground. He's As if falling, he jumped or something. Yeah, yeah. He is falling backwards and he's got the plastic that was around the windows, you know, blown out by right. the weather whatever. or whatever. He's got it in his hands. Yeah, he's clutched onto it like he was trying to grab onto it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he falls when he falls on the ground, he fall he's on his back. He's not yeah. face forward, which would suggest that he took, you know, a jump out the window. It looks like he was pushed. Yeah. So okay. So hard too. Like okay. The trajectory of his fall. You're right, because it would have would have had to push him out far enough away that he would fall the whole way down. So, so yeah. So there you go. It's a murder. Yeah. Okay. So I still have to guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And my first guess was okay. Maybe he's checking out because his last line is, "Dad, if you're watching this, don't worry. I always land on my feet." Yeah. And he's dead. So he has not. Um, so my first idea was, oh, what if he is quitting college to go work for a like a venture capital or some sort of like new new digital firm? Right. And because because that's he... what happened when I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, you got to keep in mind like this has to be super duper Baroque. Like there have to be yes. at least like none of the Mira. none of the people we talked about so far like this like this bl- redhead strawberry blonde and this guy rushing towards the scene theoretically like they're not going to have any kind of culpability well i take that back they might no i don't think they'll have any kind of culpability they'll be involved but i don't mm. think they'll have any kind of culpability mm. in this yeah um, yeah there's so some other layer the, yeah, that they're involved like two in. or three more there's yeah. th- so there's got to be there's a death there's got to be at least some blackmail there's got to be at least some affairs happening there's got to be yeah, yeah there's got to be at least two other crimes somebody with this. a maybe a, another ancillary a murder deadly f- flirtation yeah obsessive something yeah yeah so my second guess was mm-hmm. and i think this is maybe not baroque enough but i think that he was going to so in another show we watched and i can't remember what it was now there was a notice in the paper. Now, a kid is not in college, is in 2017, is not looking in the paper. But there is a notice in the paper or in some media that gentle says... Listen, gentle listener, I don't remember any of this for the record. <laughs> maybe it was an episode that I watched and not, it wasn't something that we covered in a, in a show. But like it was a prep episode or something maybe. maybe? I don't know. Okay. So there was a notice in the paper that said $30,000 to play a game. And it could be deadly. You could lose your life, but you could win thirty thousand dollars if and you do I this game. And I am convinced that this is a John Claude Van Damme movie. Okay. Well, anyway, so it's a dangerous game situation. So he has found this. These are nefarious people, and what happens is there are three people that play the game, and then very, very rich people, nefarious rich people, bet on who the winner, who will win. But right. pretty much everybody dies. Yeah, yeah, this is hard target. You're talking about hard. Target. No, this is I. This was one of the murder mysteries that we watched, and I remember the, I remember the person, the solver, the okay. detective, getting the. I, I like. I remember seeing it on screen. Like there's a thirty thousand dollar thing in the paper. They had to wear masks at a point. I feel like it was a Rosemary and Time episode. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. The the two gentle ladies who go out and like renovate amazing high class gardens. Somehow they get caught up in a in a dangerous game 
classified ad. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So I think that's what has happened. He has decided to participate with some nefarious people in order I'm to win quitting, thirty thousand pounds. Quitting school to be a human target. No, he's maybe not quitting school. But he is going to, yeah, be a, a human target. Or no, he has to solve some very dangerous puzzles. Oh, okay. In order to win. And so the reason why he has gone into this building that says, you know, structure is not safe, Unsafe. don't yeah, yeah. be here. He goes up into it because he's told by the game master that he has to solve some sort of puzzle or this is he's going to get a clue he goes there he'll see a clue at this vantage yeah from the vantage point of this mansard roof he has to look down at the grass and see some sort of clue and the and he's looking for it and he doesn't see it and he's looking for it. he's desperate because he could get killed if he doesn't Mm -hmm. figure it out or he has to win it at this point and then the thing is is that the nefarious people who are the game masters they don't want him to win because they don't want to pay him $30,000 and they certainly don't want to pay out whatever the, to the the guy, people who are betting, the rich people who are betting on these dead people or on these mm-hmm. these quote unquote schmoes. They're putting their are, thumbs on the scale basically. Yeah. And so they push him out and he dies. So you're talking – so we think that this is a gangster – puzzle bookie like this is somehow he's gotten involved with like the world's most dangerous escape room yes exactly so there is there is a professional lethal puzzle room yes structure happening well it's like those treasure games like those geo oh geocaching caching games but he's not really using his phone so that's weird but yeah i think it's a geocaching game and he's playing he's, it. He's looking for the treasure, treasure. And someone says he's getting a little too close. It's time to kill him. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is appropriate, appropriately Baroque. Good job. You think? I think that I think that is appropriately Baroque. Yes, that is that is certainly out of left field. And you're pulling in some good. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. I think it would be fairly fantastic if they decided to make this like her action movie episode and like she's like has to run from like exploding <gasps> oh my things gosh. and like slide on her back and like shoot somebody facing well, like coming I off mean, her. <laughs> I, I have to say like i expected so you know there's this trend in tv right now for mm-hmm. all this dark you know the you know the, yes. the lighting is quote-unquote real Right, it's all yes. diegetic lighting. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? I know no, it's a, a sound. Word. I know diegetic, it's a sound it's a, word, but like... It, yeah, it can refer to diegetic lighting. Okay. Yes. So, you know, all diegetic lighting, like, you know, just whatever mm-hmm. is... So I expected, you know, when we broke, I said, I'm really excited. This is like an A-team, A-players, mm-hmm. the writer, the director, all these actors. They're all murder mystery people. So I thought, okay, this is going to be... Like something horror, spooky, yeah, dark. I thought, okay, close all the curtains because this is going to be a dark scene mm. of murder. It was in broad daylight. It was. It was in broad daylight. It was the middle of the day. So yes. this dangerous game thing also doesn't lend itself really to like a Baroque, like, you know, dark, nefarious, like none of that. So... Well, maybe you, you got to you got to come through with a winner okay. here. Okay, so this is the this is the thing. It's I, on you now. I'm go- well. I, this is the thing. I don't know that I'm going to be broke enough either. Like, okay, so I think he belongs to this student group who is protesting everything that's happening here, mm-hmm. but he's also sleeping with a professor mm-hmm. or somebody else in power, and I think that there's a little bit of like blackmailing going on. So they're mm-hmm. maybe trying to blackmail that person 
to give them money be, to like help this like student radical group out there. And mm. the blackmail person doesn't like it, but the blackmail person is not actually the person who does it. I think that because he's like, again, he says that this is like Casa paid for by dad or uh-huh. whatever, or bank of dad. I think that like, I think that he's also in love with some other girl in this, or some other girl in the group is in love with him, or some maybe just some other person. And then there's a third party who's jealous of the fact that like the girl or this person is in love with him, but he's sleeping with this other person. And they start to suspect that maybe he's going to take the blackmail money and not give it to the revolutionary group. So he's not like, he's oh. like, he's like the class of, he's just, he's a different class than them. So he's not as committed to the cause. He's not oh. as like, viva la revolution as much as them. Okay. So they start to think that he's going to betray them and not give them the money or the fact that this guy just also doesn't like the fact that this other person is in love with them. So when he gets to the top, like it's just there to kind of blackmail and send a message to this person. Mm. But they're like, no. And that's when this person in the same revolutionary group tries to take advantage. And that's when he pushes him out the window. So that's what I think is going on. I, I hope that's Baroque enough. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, I mean, you could make it even broker and say that, like, dad is probably sleeping with somebody. Oh. And, but that's, you know, a red herring that we think, oh, the dad might have done his son in because his dad found out about XYZ. But I don't, I mean, I just think the dad's probably in there in some way, but it's not, it turns out that the dad did not do it. That the dad's in there in some way. That didn't even occur to me. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, But I think that's a great guess. All right. Okay. All right. I am going to make, I'm going to make another kind of guess. Sure. I'm still keeping my old guess. Yeah. But this is just a hedge bet. Sure. Yeah. yeah, Like, or a know-it-all hedge bet. (laughs) I I can almost guarantee you that Jean-Claude Van Damme does not appear in this episode. No. No. Yeah, that's a good bet for sure. But my bet was going to be that actually that one of the things that they are upset about is stealing patents. Because if you're in science departments and you have any kind of inventions, then the the school's like, well, you created it here. So too bad for you. Ooh, I like that. Well done. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I wonder if he is a science person. He's he's person. some kind of whiz kid, and he's come up with the thing, but the university is profiting off of him and not. Oh, I like that a lot. Well, I, uh, we well, made, our, we we made we, our guesses, though. I'll give you that. If that's still what it is, I'll, I'll give you that really? second guess. Really? Okay. That's a good one. Because I was just going to call it a second. Like, nah, it doesn't even really no, count. No, no, no. That's a good one. Okay. All right. Well, maybe that's our joint bet. No, I think that that's all yours. I didn't I didn't come with That's yours, but uh, I'll give it to you. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we'll tell you if we were right in we'll just see. a second. Yeah, we'll see you soon. I guess it doesn't surprise anybody anymore when we say we got it wrong. So there's no spoilers anymore when we say we got it wrong. And hopefully there's no, uh, no. spoilers when, when we tell you exactly what did no, happen. We so. want to reveal to you folks, we got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is shocking and it will probably upset a few of you. I know you have the utmost belief in us, but we got it wrong. And like. We did our best. We did our best to come up with some baroqueness, but we missed all of the baroqueness that was right in front of us. There was some intense... That Tyndale Estate sign 
was the key, key. to it. was it. clutch. Oh. It was clutch. And we're just like, eh, we should know by now. Never take anything at face value. It's all a lie. Yeah. It's all Although a we lie. were never going to get from any, I don't think we were going to get from any of anything no. that they showed us. That, where oh, we, no. You know what? We would have. Because his dad, he mentions his dad. Okay. So before we get too deep into this, let's let's set some players up on all this so you know yeah. who we're talking about on this. Yeah. The vlogger's name is Jamie. Yeah. Um, he says that he has a rich father. He does not. His father, whom he hasn't seen in years, is a drunken cab driver. Um, turns out that drunken cab driver was a hit and run and killed Ian Holland's teenage son. Um, Ian Holland uh, got bitter about this. Uh, Jamie was also in the car, so Jamie knew this. Jamie was at university. Jamie was dating a boy named Rory. Rory was the son of Alan. Alan is a top-notch defense lawyer, but also has his hands in a bunch of other pies all around the town. It's also an investor. Right, an investor everywhere. As it turns out. Yes. In Tyndale Estates. In Tyndale Estates. Or Tyneford or whatever or, it is. Or, yeah, Tyneford. You're right. You're whatever right. it was. And the person at the beginning of the show that I was like, no, it looks like a professor. Jessica was like, no, that was head of security. Guess what? He was head of security. I was right about that. You were right about that. Okay. So those are the players. Jamie's the kid that's dead. Rory was his boyfriend. Lucy was this girl who Rory, who was, Lucy was Rory's beard. Alan is Rory's dad. Ian was the dad. No that, one's following this. I'm not even following. I'm not this. even following. Point being, there's a lot of families. There and were fathers. a lot of dads, lots of sons, some girlfriends, some sisters. Some of them alive, some of them dead. And there was a pregnant woman in the pregnant... background. <laughs> with her head, with her, her her husband is being taken away for possible murder and at the very least assault. And she's just she doesn't move. She's standing there just like head bowed, one hand on her pregnant belly, the other hand like like that whole like patented hand on your forehead. Oh my god, what has this son of a gun done now? Kind yeah, of look yeah. it was. And standing by, so the guy with rage, whose yes. son was his teenage son, was killed in a hit and run accident, and then he uh, broke up with his wife because he couldn't take it. He was so upset, and so now he has a new wife who is pregnant with twins, and his business is this gigantic bouncy house slide <laughs> that is on. Like the beachhead. On the North Atlantic coast. Coast, like the, the wind yes. in this scene. Like the flags were like... It has to be entirely ADR. It must be. It <laughs> must be entirely ADR. But like he's this rageful man who likes to beat the snot out of people. He like beat up Jamie a week or two before, he, before his death, which is why he's a suspect. But like, yep, yep, he owns a bouncy house. <laughs> yes. He doesn't come off as rageful. He just... He doesn't. It's this topic, like his son being dead and the loss of his son has just tied him up in this. But the bouncy house, what the hell? Yeah, it, I, I think that's just a little bit of a joke on the part of the writers. Yeah, but yeah. But he has, he has a really, he looks like Willem Dafoe. The actor yes, looks like Willem Dafoe. He photographs like and him. There Michael a, Schaefer. Michael Schaefer. He... He has a great scene where they're questioning him and he talks about the rage that he feels all the time. And I'm all like, give that man a BAFTA or an Emmy. Like, they don't yes. call him Emmys. Is it the BAFTA Baftas, for TV yeah. and film? Yeah. Just give it to him. It was so good. Like, it was just amazing. A great scene yeah. from him. Yeah. He's explaining everything, explaining everything, explaining everything. And, and then he's the just, rage. 
I have so much rage. Yes. <laughs> and, like, and you're both simultaneously oh. scared and also like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah I I'm, get that. Yeah, yeah. And then also like, I appreciate your honesty <laughs> in this time where you need to be the, the most, most honest, honest. Yes. <laughs> while you're being questioned by the police. Someone yeah. should do a, like a, someone should do a deep dive into what language Vera uses when she's talking to her coworkers, when she's talking to a victim and when she's talking to somebody she suspects because there's love, there's pet. And there's another one that oh, she yeah. used. And so I'm just like, I just want to be like, where does she use love versus pet? I'm sure someone's written a blog post about this. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be a good one for medium. We, we still haven't told anybody who's done it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it turns out that the estates, the the building, it was a swindle. The building was completely safe, even though it was marked as an unsafe structure. And the head of security and this other guy were going- A surveyor. A surveyor had gone in to mark it as- Damage so that they could buy it on the cheap and then renovate it and then sell it back to the university yeah, for millions upon millions of pounds. Yeah, it was like $1.5 million. The surveyor made it out to be completely dangerous and yeah. worth nothing. And so they got it for a pound and it was going to be worth, worth like $25 million, million yeah, something crazy. after they were all done with the renovation. So lots of money going around here is what we're saying. Yeah. And Jamie... And Jamie, our student, had found this out. He was a journalist. He was was doing some muckraking on this. Yeah. So he found this out. Well, it turns out that Jamie was also dating Rory, who was the son of Alan. And he found out that Alan was also one of the big investors in this. So he was using Rory to go over to Alan's, to go over to their family home find information about it well i think that he was had been in a relationship with alan for a while or with with rory Rory. and i think that that was probably genuine but towards the end but when he decided i don't know he when he found out about the dad or when he found out came on to got a sniff of this story he was a bloodhound couldn't let it go and and then and then used uh, Rory to Rory get, and to Rory get the story. dumped him, and that mm. also put Jamie off the chain. He yeah. was super duper angry about all that. But it turns out, and for the whole episode, you think that Rory is not the whole episode, but like at least half the episode, you like, oh, Rory's the one who's behind this because we were right. He didn't, of course, he didn't jump. He was he wasn't pushed. He was punched. He was punched in the face, and that pushed him backwards, and he fell out the window. Yeah. And so for like half the episode, you think that it's Rory who punched him and like all the leading up to the finale you're like oh it's Rory or it's oh it's Rory and then you get to the finale and Rory is in a hysterical state he's sobbing uncontrollably and he's at the window where Jamie fell out mm. and Vera is racing up to con- to get a confession and to convince him not to jump out because, of course, she's already confronted him once or twice. I mean, like, look, this is the last time I'm going to ask you. I'm going to find out that you've been lying and I'm going to pin this on you. And he's like, I didn't have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. So she's racing up there. At the same time, Rory's father, Alan, has found out about this and he's racing up there. And throughout yeah. the whole episode, Alan has been portrayed like from the beginning as an amazing defense lawyer. That's how you hear about him before you first see him. And then in the first scene, he's defending his son, Rory, and it is a great little cat and mouse game. Mm-hmm. And then later on, and then later on, Vera goes to Alan's house to confront him at the house. And there's another great little duck and weave. And like, you can't pin, like, what are you trying to pin on me? What are you trying to get me to like, just the way they fight with each other. It's 
great. It's so good. And then so the final scene, you've got uh, this one more cat and mouse scene between Vera and Alan and Rory at the top of this building where this kid might jump out because he's so distraught over his boyfriend having been killed. You think it's because he killed the boyfriend that he needs to confess. And then in the middle of the scene, it flips. And now it's the, the lawyer who's like Alan who says that he did it. And it's a great like well done. Like so much of like American television is based on any more based on CSI and follow the facts and all this stuff. Like it's funny just how much questioning happens in these episodes. Prime Suspect is all about Helen Mirren browbeating these people into getting the confession on it. Yeah. And you like this kind of has not the same feel to it because it's not the same feel, but the same kind of action where she really is confronting people, or at least in this episode she was. I'm not talking slow anymore, am I? (laughs) (laughs) But it was very exciting. It was one of those, like, you're always trying to put a new spin on things. And this last scene where you're, like, badgering the witness to get them to confess, but the witness that you're badgering isn't just this distraught person. It is an amazing defense lawyer, cat and mouse. And you're on top of this building where someone could fall out. And suddenly when you realize that it was the father who did this and not the son, then you're like, okay, is the father who they portrayed as being cold-blooded, is he going to push his son out the window? Like it, it, it was just trying like that new space and that new place to have this confrontation it was great. I was like, yes, give me like, give me the popcorn. Let me watch this cat and mouse like interrogation happen yeah. at the top of this building where someone may jump at any time. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. It was really exciting. And uh, I, I don't have anything to add on that. It was, <laughs> it was just really exciting. I, we, we learned, yeah, so many different relationships. and Yeah, the twists and turns and all. So, mm. so I made Jessica do some more research. Who played Alan? Alan is played by Stuart Graham, who is actually an Irish actor. Mm. He's also been on Silent Witness, Waking the Dead. He's, he's he is great. fantastic. He and, is so yeah. good. So yeah, good he in gets this. up and buttons. He his, buttons both his jacket. And you think, oh my God, is he going to jump out the window? Yeah. Is he going to push his son out the window? What is going to happen here? Like the suspense in that moment as just he stands up erect and buttons his jacket. Yeah. His so suit jacket. Scary. It's it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And there is <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't lead Jessica into the one final thing about this family that she wanted to talk oh about. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Yeah, cuz you said, "Well, please look up some uh, you know, these people." And I just had to also look up because, you know, in IMDb you can see the ratings like mm-hmm. the the number rating that Somebody right, the is star on meter. like yeah the star meter, and there was this other actress who had a very high star meter, and she had been in Harry Potter and whatever the last one was Deathly called, Hallows. the Deathly Hallows. She's in the second one, and she plays her name is Hebe Beardsall, if mm-hmm. I'm saying her name correctly, Hebe. She is in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, and she played Ariana Dumbledore. Who is the sickly younger sister of Dumbledore. Albus Dumbledore, yes. Yeah, anyway, she plays in this show the sickly 
sister, sister of Rory, Rory or the sickly daughter of Alan. We so were just so she's about. got sickly daughter on yeah, lockdown. She's, is yeah, what it yeah, on the real people are like, oh, we need a sickly daughter. Got it. You got it. We know who yeah, that is. That's she good. has a <laughs> kidney transplant. Bring her in for this, and she really does look sickly. Like I'm just like, okay, good bone she's, structure for looking for looking the sickly. Yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. She's got that. She's she's doing a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will also say that. Kenny, is it? Ken- it's Kenny who is the w- one of um, Vera's assistants. Oh yeah, yes. Kenny in this episode, the actor who who's been around since the seventies, yes. and he's the the guy who I mentioned. He has like all the establishment of you know all the background history on everything. Yes, well, there was one moment we were watching this, and Jessica just blurted out, "Well, thank you, Kenny Exposition." <laughs> <laughs> Kenny exposition he on this one. He gives a lot of pipe. I will say that the other actors get to do things like, you've got to hear this, Mom. You're going to want to hear this. You're going to want to hear this. Finally got that report for you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 kind of adorable how... I mean, you in Prime Suspect, all the time, she is fighting to get yes, the, the respect, respect and just do their jobs with her as the boss mm-hmm. and some of them get it and do it and others of them don't yes but it's, and, and it's always a struggle and, and it's pe- always yeah. a struggle and the people above her it's problematic mm-hmm. and she is in london here vera stanhope she is in charge and all of those guys everybody knows it everybody, everybody knows, knows it, it and, and respects it respects it they are like and, yeah yeah Oh, I was going to say this about what you were talking about. The, these interrogations are so interesting. There are like a thousand inter- – I'm totally no, exaggerating, yeah. but there are like a thousand interrogations in each of these episodes. She asks them like one question or maybe two questions, and then they say something, and then that she's like, hmm – Okay, and that's the end of the scene, and she's off walking somewhere else. I'm like, really? That's all you're going to get out of that guy? You're not going to push him for anything else? That's all? And I just, I feel like this, you know, these directors, when they come on, they must look at these scripts and be like, oh, my God, it's like... 60 scenes and... <laughs> there's, there's like so many setups I have to do and all she's going to do is say, hmm, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, that's all she's going to do. At least Dame Helen fucking Mirren gives me some chewing, <laughs> some scenery chewing happening. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm sorry, Dame Helen fucking Mirren. Yeah. I, would, I would never suggest that you actually chew the scenery. I'm just saying that like you get into that setup and you give it all you got. Yeah, yeah. I will say too, because this this show it did feel like it had sixty different setups, right? It did feel oh, like there everywhere. were a hundred yeah. scenes, just all these different rooms and spaces and a cemetery, even. Yes. Oh my god! They arrested Ian at a cemetery, yeah. mourning over his dead son's grave. Yeah, I I think the worst of them was actually the dorms. I was like, this is hell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like his room when he, they when he films himself mm-hmm. in the in the original blog. That yeah. is dark. Actually. Yeah, it's very dark. The room it seems like I mean, sorry, when he's killed, it seems like it's broad daylight. It turns out it's seven o'clock yes. at night, but you can't tell because they're so far north that seven o'clock yeah. might as well be like four in the afternoon here in L.A. Right? Yeah. So. He, but his room in that first scene, 
is dark. But later on, when they're looking at his YouTube videos, it's super it, light. It's all very well yes. lit. And then even when they go to investigate his room and kind of look around with the coroner, it's dark in there. There, were, I did notice a lot this time. But there were now I understand why. Because in the final scenes, the hallway of that dorm is what is that blue? This blue is oh, it's like wretched. In, it's in... not royal blue. It's not toothpaste blue. It's not sky blue. It's not powder blue. It is this. It, it is just. Oh my god! It's so disgusting. It it's is that this... industrial wasteland educational blue that like, is meant to be vibrant, horrible, but, but it's just cheap, horrible, dead blue, like like old air air. Uh, plane, not tr- airplane. What am I trying to say? Um, airport. Airport blue. Bathroom. Airport bathroom blue. Yes. And it is inside the hallway, and then it is on the doors, front and back, and it is in all the rooms. Oh yeah, on no, the walls. You know that this was this was like the color blue that this place decided on in the '40s, and like they've just been painting painting over everything with this same blue. For I don't decades. even know about 40s. This seems like a 60s blue, but you Fine. could be right. I don't know. But it's d- lo- heinous. Long enough that like <laughs> that blue is an inch thick on each of those walls because yes. every surface has been painted over multiple, multiple, multiple yeah. times with this yeah. blue. And it's just like, ugh. And I was thinking like I I might kill somebody too if I had to <laughs> If I had to live in these dorms. Or I would also have a very dark rooms with dark curtains. <laughs> I wouldn't want anyone and to see this. This is heinous. It was so awful. Ugh, good production design, but <laughs> for the actual building. Yeah. Oh, and I guess I finally realized, or I guess I it just occurred to me. I feel so silly, but it just occurred to me why. So he goes into that. What's it called? Tyndale Estates. That building. Yeah. It's the old abandoned faculty building that supposedly the surveyor says is very unsafe, but then it turns out it was mm-hmm. totally fine. So he goes up to the very top to the mansard roof right yeah and he's looking out the window and he's looking out there for a long time and i kind of you know that's why i came up with that whole idea like the dangerous game that he's looking out onto the grass for like a clue of some sort here's 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 i'm just gonna go on and then let me tell you my little hint for you oh well he was looking for alan to show up and meet him in the building, and he was looking out for him because he knew Alan was coming from the faculty party across oh, the way, yeah. and he was waiting for him to show up so he could confront him inside the building. But danger, danger mouse, don't do your <laughs> confrontations by windows. Like what? You could have done that in the base floor. Yes. Why did you have to do that at Why the top? Why did you have to do it on the top floor? That, by the way, the window is not covered with glass. It is covered with shitty plastic oh it's not even covered it has the plastic has already ripped like it's open when he gets there yeah it's already open and so like clearly (laughs) defenestration i'm going to use that word defenestration he was thrown from a window (laughs) i got to use that word he wasn't thrown he was punched he fell through the window but seriously like if you are going to get punched or something yeah do it on the first yeah like if, if you're so like you know what you're doing you know how you're like like pissing people off. Come on, people, think this through. If you're going to kill somebody, think it through a little more. Yeah. If you're going to confront somebody with blackmail, think it through a little more. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Golly, people. 
Right? <laughs> See, the point is, they have to think it through. We don't have to think it through because we just guess. Yeah. That's what we do. That's all. That's all. <laughs> and we will do that next time. And hopefully we will get closer to the closer to the truth than we did this time. But yes. Hope springs eternal. Yes. We will see you next time. <laughs> all right. Bye all. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And now we want to hear from you. Tell us your guesses, your scores, and your suggestions for what shows we should watch next. Go to our website, cluedunitpodcast.com, or email us at cluedunitpodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram and Facebook at cluedunitpodcast, or on Twitter at cluedunit. And if you like the podcast, please rate us and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to help us get the word out. And maybe you'll hear your review read on the show. Want to be a Cluedunit private investigator? Leave us a few bucks at cluedunitpodcast.com and we'll send you a personalized, official Cluedunit private investigator license. Officially approved by the totally fake Podcasting Adjudication Board in their secret headquarters in a mountain outside of Squamish. We hope to hear from you soon. Because watching watching TV is always better with friends. When I was growing up, all my all my um, relatives on my dad's side, they lived out in the country. And I would come into town and they would just shake their head at me and they'd be like, city boy. <laughs> guess you, you got to you you slow down. <laughs> you talk too fast. And then what happened when you moved to New York? Or Oh, I fit moved... right in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my people. <laughs>